Welcome to another week of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This week's Come Follow Me uh, study is Ether chapters 1 through 5. And I was thinking since that's this week's study for Come Follow Me, that maybe that's the chapters I would talk about in the podcast. Just had that thought. So, Ether, overview of Ether, where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> uh, Mormon has now passed away. Moroni uh, is is writing for us. Uh, recall that he wrote the last couple of chapters of Mormon. And he's now going to recount the history of the people of the Jaredites. Interesting, the reason we call them the Jaredites is not because of anything in, in the book of Ether. Moroni is the one who calls them that, actually, in the book of Moroni. Uh, and so... He's the only one that ever refers to them as that. We don't, like I said, it's not it's not from Ether that we get that. The 24 gold, so where did Ether come from? Where did the, the record of Ether come from? How did they get it? Remember back in Mosiah, Limhi, who was the son of King wicked King Noah, had sent out uh, some scouts, some people to the search party to go find Zarahemla. Because now they're in bondage. His dad was wicked and, and they'd become in bondage to the Lamanites. And uh, so they're looking for the Nephites and they're looking for Zarahemla, seeing if they could possibly go back. So just uh, think back to that and some more background. I think that's helpful is uh, Limhi's grandfather, Zenith, had left Zarahemla. So we're two generations away from that when you're in Noah, or when you're talking about Limhi in the book of Mosiah. So, you know, how many years has that been? A hundred or so. And uh, they they had lost the knowledge of where Zarahemla was. They didn't know if the Nephites still even existed. So these scouts, the search party, they go out, they find a destroyed city with bones and ruins and they think it's Zarahemla and they find a few things there. One of which is, uh, 24 gold plates, um, that have language that they can't read. They bring it back. So then when Ammon and his search party from Zarahemla come and find them, remember that in Mosiah chapter eight, he's like, Hey, do you know anybody who can translate this. We found this and we really are interested in knowing what it's about. And um, Ammon says, no, I can't, but I know of a man who can. King Mosiah is also a prophet and a seer. He can do it because he has the gift of from God to, tr- to look and translate. So King Mosiah translates it and then it's had it in their record, uh, kind of going through the history of just the, the that record. In Alma, Alma's giving the record, now all of the record keeping and that job to his son, Helaman. And he says, hey, don't talk about the dark works from this history here, from the book of Ether, basically, from, these, from this uh, Jaredite people. Keep those things secret and hidden. Don't share them with the people. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll maybe remember back when we talked in about Helaman in chapter six, these people end up falling back in the Nephites end up getting and learning those secret and dark ways 
because they're written by Satan. He's the author of them all, so he ends up putting it in the heart, especially of the Gadiantans. They end up being the destruction and downfall of the people of Nephi, which we've just read about. So now, uh, these things were supposed to be kept and hidden, some of these things uh, specifically told to uh, the brother of Jared in the record were supposed to be kept and hidden from widespread uh, public uh, and publicity until after Christ had come. So now Christ has already come. This were 400 years after his birth, roughly here. And so now Moroni feels it appropriate to share this record. And that's what he's going to do for us. So that's kind of where we get this from. The Jaredite people came from the land of uh, Babel, uh, Babylon. And we'll talk more about that when we jump into chapter 1. They, they were in the promised land, though, for about 1,700 years. So the book of Ether covers about 1,700 years. That's pretty significant considering that First Nephi through... Um, Moroni, so the, the rest of the Book of Mormon, take out Ether, the rest of the Book of Mormon cover about a thousand years. So it goes from about 600-ish uh, BC to about 400, it's a little after that, but about 480. So it's about a thousand years. But Ether covers from about from about 2200 BC to roughly 500 AD. So there's a, there's actually this crossover of when Le, uh, Lehi and his family come. The Jaredites are still kicking around somewhat. They're definitely in the, the downfall and down, tailspin of their society. Um, we don't really know when it ended. We do know that uh, Coriantumr is the last one living. We read about that in Ether. And we also know that um, the people who had come from Jerusalem with uh, Zedekiah's son, named Mulek, uh, that his people had come across uh, Coriantumr. We learn about that back in Omni. The problem is Omni covers uh, a span of 279 to 130 but it had happened before that. So in Omni, the people, the Nephites, come across the Mulekites and find them. The Mulekites, if you remember, they'd lost their language because they didn't bring any records with them. And so then they come into Zarahemla. They actually are the ones who had, had, Zer- had the city of Zarahemla. And then the Nephites come in. They join together as one people. And King Benjamin... Uh, well, King Mosiah, Benjamin's father, beca- becomes kind of the king there, and then Benjamin takes over, and then Mosiah, his son, takes over. So it's King Mosiah that we know of, that we mostly talk of, who, you know, the sons of Mosiah, Ammon and Aaron, and uh, those those fellows who are the friends of Alma. His grandfather, Mosiah, took came into this people, taught the Mulekites their language, so, and that happens between 279 and 130 BC, but before that, the Mulekites had come across Coriantumr, who is the last of the Jaredites, and he had a stone tablet that had some of the, their history on it as well, and he lived with them for a period of time before he died, and so, 
you know, that's where we're, we can guess, you know, somewhere between 250 and 500 BC is when the downfall of the Jaredites happened. But so keep in mind, that's, you know, a hundred to, you know, 250 or so years uh, or more that the Jaredites and the Nephites are living together. Significant, I think, because we often think that there is this complete separation. We often think that the Nephites and Lamanites were the only people around. I think it's pretty safe to assume that not every single Jaredite was killed because I think people, just like we read about the Nephites, at times they branch off and uh, you have people sailing off into the into the into islands and living. You have other people branching off and leaving. So now they're no longer part of that history. They're no longer part of that people. You, you lose them, right? I think over 1,700 years that would have happened with the Jaredites and there would have been other people. And so when we're talking about the promised land, it's easy to think that, oh, it was just the Jaredites. They all died and then the Nephites came and then they all died and then there was just the Lamanites left and then they started populating. But really there's these branches off all over the place. And so when we read about, you know, uh, just history in general outside of the church and you read about different peoples in the Americas, it, it's not necessarily the Lamanites or the Nephites or the Jaredites. I think it, there are there are other peoples who came off of them or were even here before, whatever. Uh, and I think it's interesting that we can learn that from the Book of Mormon, from that just the example of the Nephites and the Lam- and the Jaredites, looking at those stories alone, that they there was crossover there. There were other people that they didn't even know about. They didn't even know they were there. They didn't realize they were there. It's a big, it's a, the uh, North American and South American and Central American areas is a big piece of land that people could have been all over the place, right? So, uh, just interesting little notes about Ether and the the Book of Ether. So, now that I've done that, I think you've mostly caught up on how we got the Book of Ether, who, the, who these people are, the time frame, Cool, great, grand, wonderful. No yelling on the bus. Now, I mentioned last week that Moroni wrote a farewell at the end. His basically the last two chapters of Mormon. You know, he's writing. He's down, trodden, and sad. Gets a new purpose. Sees a vision. Sees us in our day. Starts prophesying, testifying. Starts to us specifically and saying, "Repent, have faith." Okay, and then he signs off and says, "Sayonara, see you later." Well, then suddenly he's translating ether, and you're like, I thought you, you're still here? I thought you said bye. Okay. And remember, though, in uh, Mormon, chapter 8, verse 5, it's when he just begins writing. He's told us just barely that his dad died. And he says, Behold, my father hath made this record, and he hath written the, the intent thereof. And behold, I would write it also if I had room upon the plates, but I have not. And or I have none, for I am alone. My father has been slain in battle and all my kinsfolk, so everyone's dead. And I don't have any plates to write on. There's no more room. There's no more uh, ore for me to make more plates, so I can't even write anymore. I think it's a pretty safe assumption that uh, Mormon chapters 8 and 9 pretty much filled up the plates that his dad had had. But then he's got a renewed purpose. He's moving around. He has a little more optimism. And he... I think finds probably some more ore, makes some more plates, and says, I'm going to give you the book, uh, the record of the Jaredite people. And so that's what he does. 
And so the book of Ether is a record of the Jaredites who arrived in the Promised Land hundreds of years, centuries before the Nephites. Uh, God inspired Moroni to include Ether's record in the Book of Mormon because of its relevance to our day. How do you feel it is relevant to your life? That's the question that Come Follow Me starts with. And I think this background history hopefully helps remembering who is writing it to us, Moroni, remembering what had happened to his people, why he would think that the book of Jared and the book of Ether, uh, the brother of Jared, would be poignant to us. Remember, this is after he's seen us. This is after he's got through his renewed purpose. And so how does it uh, impact and how is it relevant to your life, my life? Uh, I'd like to also just close out this uh, introductory episode by reading the first uh, paragraph from Come Follow Me and, and, and sharing a couple quick thoughts. While it is true that God's ways are higher than ours and we should always submit to his will, he also encourages us to think and act for ourselves. That's one lesson Jared and his brother learned. For example, the idea of traveling to a new land that was choice above all the earth seemed to start in Jared's mind and the Lord uh, had compassion and promised to grant the request, saying, Thus I will do unto thee, because of this long time ye have cried unto me. And then the brother of Jared realized how dark it was inside the barges that would carry them to the promised land. The Lord invited him to suggest a solution, asking the question that we usually ask him, What will ye that I should do? The message seems to be that we shouldn't expect God to command us in all things. We can't share with him our own thoughts and ideas, and he will listen and uh, give his confirmation or else counsel us otherwise. Sometimes, the only thing separating us from the blessings we seek is our own veil of unbelief. And if we can rend that veil, we may be surprised by what the Lord is willing to do for us. So, this that thought and the thought of and just the idea around agency or inspiration and agency and inspiration together, uh, how we receive uh revelation, how we can use our agency to just choose to follow and do what we know is already right. Those That concept is kind of going to be what I want to focus on for at least chapters two and three uh, as we discuss those this week. Uh, it's a central feature and theme of this week's study, and it's uh, one of my favorite to talk about and to study. Chapter three of, of Ether is one of my favorite. Uh, it's when some... There's stories from that, uh, and the story from Ether chapter 3 is something I would share regularly and frequently uh, on my mission, and it's something that I try to think about often in my life. So I look forward to sharing it with you. I think there's a lot of applications for it in your life, in our lives, as we seek to be obedient, uh, seek to follow the Spirit, but also not need to be compelled in all things. Um. And so I look forward to studying and and discussing with you this week. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join me in the next episode as we begin to discuss uh, Ethers chapters one through five.